This is Running the Race with Pastor Eddie Pinero of Calvary Chapel of Milford in Milford, Pennsylvania. In chapter 20, he's just using prophets to tell him, Paul, you want to go to Jerusalem? Okay, here's what awaits you. Are you ready to do this? Yes, I am. And if you study Paul, you know that's his heart. That's the heart of Paul. Paul wasn't a selfish man. Paul was willing to be a curse for his fellow brothers, for his fellow Jews. Now that's a heart of God. Because you know what? That was the heart of Jesus Christ. He didn't think about an easy way off the cross. Would you be willing to sacrifice your eternity in heaven if it meant your friends or loved ones could experience it? If we're honest, most of us would say no. Fortunately, God would never ask us to do that. He loves us too much. As Pastor Eddie reminds us in today's message, Jesus sacrificed himself for us. He was without sin, and he took on ours, freeing us from condemnation. Well, let's join Pastor Eddie for today's edition of Running the Race. different areas and different but it's all about sports can you imagine if every parent were committed to take their kids sport and they were committed to bring their kids to church or have a bible can you imagine what would happen but we're caught up in the culture we're caught up in what the world is doing that's why people ask where are the prophetess where are the evangelists where are the preachers where are the teachers oh They're playing soccer and baseball and basketball. Every season, there's a sport. But if we were to quiz your kid, oh, can you do this in sports? Yes, I could do that. I could do a loop-de-loop. I could do a cartwheel. I could do everything. Can you quote scripture? Can you be bold in Jesus Christ? That's where we are right now. You know, I'm just saying this out of love, but I see a lot of it. It's the truth, and we know it. We need to have prophetess raised up in our home. We need to have evangelists. Because I need an answer for the Lord, how I raise my children. I need an answer. The Lord gave them to me to raise them up in him. Not for me. And that's the problem. That's why we, we lag. That's why we worry about when they go to college. Oh, my kid's not serving the Lord. He went off to college. Captive audience in a very liberal, very crazy Bankrupt, morally bankrupt society, you, uh, right, out of, right out of Sunday school or church, uh, you know, children's church, into the universities. And why they can't compete with the universities, why they cannot survive in the colleges today, is because there was no structure at home when it comes to scriptures and Bible, raising up men and women of God. Look up the survey, and it's, it's scary. But here we see Philip... He's now a father. In verse 10, it says, And as we stayed many days, a certain prophet named Agabus came down from Judea. 
Here's another familiar servant of the Lord. We met him. Agabus, remember, in Acts chapter 11, Agabus came and he prophesied that there will be a famine throughout the world and that did come to pass. But here Agabus comes in the picture. He probably hears Paul is in Philip's house and he goes there with a message and look at what he does. Verse 11. And when he had come to us, he took Paul's belt, bound his own hand and feet and said, thus says the Holy Spirit. You, so shall the Jews at Jerusalem bind the man who owns this belt and deliver him into the hands of the Gentiles. Did Agabus tell him not to go? Did Agabus tell him to go? No. All Agabus did was prophesy, demonstrated to him, and that's what some crazy prophets do. They'll demonstrate it for you so you can get an understanding. Because, you know, sometimes we're visual people. If I say elephant, you didn't think the word elephant. You didn't see word elephant. You thought of elephant. And I want you to remember this, Paul. I know you have a desire to go to Jerusalem, but I felt the Spirit to let you know what's going to await you there. And you say, yeah, I know, Agabus. You know, the Lord told me to. He told me to. The guys at Tyree told me also, but they were, you know, trying to really discourage me. And so he's demonstrated this again. Prophet Agabus is only confirming what the Holy Spirit said to Paul and the others been saying. And then verse 12, it says, Now when we heard these things, both we and those from that place pleaded with him not to go up to Jerusalem. So now everybody else is joining in. Agabus just did this real demonstration. And he's probably still standing there. He's now, he got himself into a bind. Nobody's letting him go. He's still there. Paul, are you listening? Hey, guys, uh, can somebody loose me up with this belt? And now they're thinking, say, wait a minute, Agabus? And this is Philip. Remember, they're in Philip's house and all those that were Philip and those that were with Paul, Luke, and the rest of the company. So you're talking about two groups with a prophet still bind up in Paul's belt telling him not to go. Not to go. And verse 12, now when we heard these things, both we and those from the place pleaded with him not to go to Jerusalem. And so we see that they're pleading, and we're thinking now, if it was of the Holy Spirit for Paul to go to Jerusalem, then why are they pleading? I mean, think about this. I have people all the time that say, you know, the Lord put in my heart to do this. The Lord put in my heart to go here. If you tell me that, I want you to know straight up, I'm going to say, I can't say the Lord told, didn't tell you. I never put myself in that place. The Lord told you to go? Praise the Lord. You know, excited. Yes. And you come back, oh, it wasn't meant to be. Hey, I encourage you anyway. <laughs> you know, the word of the Lord never returns back void. I'll never say the Lord never tell you. Just I encourage you to make sure the Lord tells you. Now, here's the thing. If the Lord told Paul to go to Jerusalem, we already established that. Why would these men of God in, you know, groups telling him not to go? Why would they tell a man of God like Paul not to do what God told him to do? Would that make sense? That doesn't make sense. Would you tell someone, don't go? Would you say, hey, Pastor Eddie, don't be a pastor anymore. You know, I just don't want you to be a pastor. Okay, you know, I'm not going to listen to you, but (laughs) I'm going to follow the Lord. You know? And so here's the thought behind it. Remember, it is Paul's desire to go to Jerusalem. Paul's desire. It wasn't, if you read it, it wasn't, and you read his, his ministry, it wasn't the Lord said, okay, go to, okay, you want me to go to Jerusalem, Lord? Okay. No. He wanted to go for the feast. Remember? 
That was his desire to go. God will give you uh, the desires of your heart, especially when it's in ministry. He's going to give it to you. And so it was Paul's desire to go to Jerusalem. The Lord was only using prophets. He even told Paul in chapter 20, he's just using prophets to tell him, Paul, you want to go to Jerusalem? Okay, here's what awaits you. Are you ready to do this? Yes, I am. And if you study Paul, you know that's his heart. That's the heart of Paul. Paul wasn't a selfish man. Paul was willing to be a curse for his fellow brothers, for his fellow Jews. Now, that's a heart of God. Because you know what? That was the heart of Jesus Christ. He didn't think about an easy way off the cross. Even though when Satan tempted him, even when he was there in the Garden of Gethsemane, he said, Lord, there's the other way. No, I'm going to the cross. I'm going to die for others. Paul was willing to go to Jerusalem, whether he's going to be bound or died or persecuted for the, for the sake of his countrymen. Look at what he said in, 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 Romans, in the book of Romans, chapter 9, verses 3 and 5. He says this, For I could wish that I myself were cursed for Christ for my brethren, my countrymen, according to the flesh, who are Israelites, to whom pertain the adoption, the glory, the covenants, the giving of the law, the service of God, and the promises, of whom are the fathers, and from whom, according to the flesh, Christ came, who is over all the eternally blessed God. Amen. I don't know who in their right mind will give up their salvation for a group of people. I don't know who would. Paul was willing to be a curse. This is the same thing Moses did. You remember Moses? Remember the the stiff-necked people? The people that always complaining and murmuring? The children of Israel? You know, and God was getting ready to judge. I had enough of these people. And Moses says, Lord, blot my name out of the book. And that's interesting. Blot my name out of the book. Uh, The book of Revelation wasn't written. How did Moses know there was a book of life in heaven? You see, Moses was a man of the spirit. Moses knew how who God was, and he said, blot out my name for the sake, do not have mercy upon them. So see, Paul's doing the same thing. Paul was willing to be accursed, to lose his salvation so all could be saved. That that was his heart. He was willing to do that. I don't think any of us would do that, right? No, I don't think so. And so the Lord was, the Lord willed it for, for him to go. The Lord gave Paul warnings. Nonetheless, you know, Paul still wanted to go. And then verse 13, then Paul answered. This is what he said. They're, t- they're talking to him. Paul said, he says, what do you mean by weeping and breaking my heart? I said, come on, guys, what are you doing this to me? For I am ready not only to be bound, but also to die at Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. What are you doing? They were pleading with, with, with Paul to the point of tears. And Paul's heart was breaking. He said, come on, guys, man, don't cry, man. Let me get that tissue. You're making me cry. Oh, come on. Stop it. I was willing to die. willing to suffer and to go through the cruelty of the punishment of the Gentiles through the Romans or the Jews. And we're talking about, now they're pleading with him because the prophecy made it clear. Prophecy made it clear, yet Paul wants to go. And the Lord is telling him that he's going to suffer. We're not talking about the persecution that we go through here. We're not talking about ver- verbal persecution or the persecution of abandonment. You're neglected by your family and friends. We're not talking about that. Oh, they don't like my Facebook posts. Oh, they don't call me anymore. You know, we're not talking about, oh, my boss doesn't like me. They didn't give me a promotion. We're not talking about that. Part. We're talking about cruel persecution. Knowing the Romans. 
And what they did to Jesus, knowing the Jews. And so we're talking about cruel punishment here, physical pain. Paul's heart is broken, but I love what he says here. I am ready not only to be bound, but also to die at Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. Paul wasn't afraid of death, much less be in prison. Care? See, you know the heart of Paul. We know he's going for Jerusalem, and we know he doesn't care of what happens to his life for the sake of the gospel. This is what he said in Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. He says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. When he gave his life to us, I've been crucified to Christ. I don't know about you, but this verse, and I, I would, you know, encourage you to take this verse home and ponder and think on it and meditate on this. Because, you know, when you surrender your life to Christ, how much of yourself have you surrendered to the Lord? Now, don't get me wrong. When I accepted the Lord Jesus Christ when I was young, and that backslid, I rededicated my life to the Lord you know, I didn't think about this much of a commitment. I'll be honest, that takes a while. But now you as Christians growing in the word, you know about this verse, and you know about the heart of Paul. Have you been crucified with Christ? What do you consider your life? This to say that I am willing to go completely. My life is in his hands. If he uses me to serve in some third world country, so be it. If the Lord decides to take my life now, so be it. To die is gain. That's what he said to to the church of Philippi, Philippians chapter 1, verses 21 to 24. He said, for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. But if I live on in the flesh, this will mean fruit from my labor. Yet what I shall choose, I cannot tell. For I am hard-pressed between the two, having a desire to depart and to be with Christ, which is far better. Nonetheless, to remain in the flesh is more needful for you. Paul, to die is gain. I'm promotion, man. This is why I say it all the time. I'm sick in bed. You know, if I'm in the hospital and you hear that beep, beep, you know, and they say, oh, he's going. Don't you pray for me. You know, I know a lot of godly people has, you know, make the same requests. What is that, that legal request that they sometimes have for people who are really sick to not resuscitate, right? I'm going to have one and do not pray. It's going to be legal and binding. If I am dying, do not pray for me to be alive. You know, you're like halfway to heaven. Jesus. And then poof. I got to see everybody again. And I'm in the hospital. I'm looking at Jello. What's the hospital food? Bread. Really? Don't pray for me, man. Don't. Paul, to live is Christ, to die is gain. I want to live for Jesus. And I know what this means, you know, because I, one time when I was working overnight shift and I had a dude shift to shift, and I, I had to stay in the dormitorium at work, and I was reading this because, and it was funny because I, before I even went up getting ready to go to bed for the next shift, just a couple hours, I said, Lord, I just want to be with you. You know, I'm just, no, I, I know, you know, I have this family and this and that, but Lord, I know you'll take care of my wife and my kids a lot better than me. 
I mean, I'm, don't get me wrong. I, I, I'm, not being, I'm not saying, oh, you know what, I do. That's the reason why I want it way back, stay behind, and, you know, and also you too, the church. You're my family. Remember, we're brothers and sisters. But I remember I read this after I had that desire. I said, man, I want to be in heaven already. Can you imagine what's in heaven? You can't use earthly things to describe heaven. You can't. That's why Paul says, well, I was absent the body. To describe what's in heaven, I consider it a crime. I understand what Paul came with here. And that's why I say, you know what? To live as Christ, to live with Christ, to die is gain. What did he say to the elders? Remember at the pastor conference we studied last week with Paul. What did he say in chapter 20, verse 24? He says, but none of these things move me. Nor do I count my life dear to myself so that I may finish my race with joy and the ministry which I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to you the gospel of the grace of God. None of these things move me. This is after he himself said that what the Holy Spirit said was going to happen to him. None of these things move me. We live in a world where, you know, the enemy knows, say, listen, this person is weak. Just show a little sign of blood, that person will just give you up, Lord. The enemy knows. You, you want to be, I'm looking at Paul, man. He, I want to meet Paul, man. When I, get to, I can't wait when I get to heaven. But after spending hours and hours with Jesus, I say, hey, Paul, how you doing, man? How did you do it, man? He's one of those guys you want to meet because that's a real warrior. That's a real Christian, sold out for Jesus, sold out passionate on fire and sold out. And I think we can still be like Paul. We have the same Holy Spirit that raised Christ from the dead. We could be as passionate as Paul is and be as effective as Paul is if we just surrender our life. We count this as nothing. How dear is your life? What does it mean? What is, how is your relationship with the Lord? Is this real? Do you completely surrender yourself to the Lord? If we want to be passionate on fire for Christ, we need to be like the apostle. And what did he say? I am crucified with Christ. We need to be crucified with Christ. That Christ may live in us. What else? What else did he say? He said, to live for Christ. We to live for Christ, knowing to die is gain. What did Paul also say? He says, he doesn't count his life dear. Don't count your life dear to you. You want to be on fire for Jesus? Don't count your life dear to you. You see, saints, the Lord knows your abilities. The Lord knows how much you can handle, how much faith you have. The Lord knows that. The Lord knows that, you know, if you're bold enough or you have enough faith to either just walk into your boss in your employer's office and give him a Bible and a track and say, hey, boss, I'm praying for you. Or the Lord may know that you're bold enough and have enough faith to go to a country where they'll have you for breakfast. The Lord knows. But where, where do we meet the Lord in this, in this mission field that we're in right now? Where do you stand right now? Where is your life in the Lord right now? Are you just plain Sunday Christian? Are you in ministry or some part of ministry? What are you doing for the kingdom of God? When I get to heaven, I want to say to the Lord, I want to hear the Lord say, well done, thy good and faithful servant. I don't want to say, oh, well, you are a good Christian. You lived a good life. That's sad. I say, Lord, you did. You know what you did for me, Lord? You gave your life for me. You died for me. So my life means nothing to me. Because this moment, time that we live here on earth may seem a lot, may seem like years to you a long time, but it's just a split second. Compare, even less than a millisecond 
compared to eternity in heaven? We're worrying about this little bit of time here, this useless body that gets old and has full of pain. And, you know, when we're going to have a glorified body? See, that's what Paul, he's all about to be absent about to be present of the Lord. Paul said, for I am ready not only to be bound, but also to die at Jerusalem for the name of the, name of the Lord Jesus. In other words, he says, if I die, so be it. So be it. And some friends will, will have some good intention in telling you, listen, Eddie, you can't do this. You shouldn't do this. I remember when I left my job, left early to lose a lot of money. They said, listen, you crazy. What are you, stupid? Did you hit lotto? You know, they looked at me like I was a fool, like I was crazy. You crazy Christian fanatic. But they don't understand. I only wish that they could see all of you. I only wish that they would come and see what God is doing here. Yeah, they're looking out for a finance. Who cares? Who cares about money? I care about serving the Lord. I care about people's lives. And so this parallels to what Jesus. Paul is actually imitating Jesus. Because you remember, Paul, right? He wants to go to Jerusalem. They say, don't go to Jerusalem. You remember one time when Jesus told his disciples what will happen to him when he goes to Jerusalem? Here, Matthew chapter 16, verses 21 and 23. He said, for that time, Jesus began to show to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and be raised the third day. Then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, far be it from you, Lord, this shall not happen to you. But he turned to Peter and said, get behind me, saying, you are an offense to me, for you are not mindful of things of God, but the things of man. You see, they too were telling Jesus, don't go to Jerusalem. Paul, his friend, don't go to Jerusalem. He said, I must go. I'm pretty sure Jesus up there said, man, Paul's just like me. I love that. In verse 14, we close with this. So when he would not be persuaded, we see saying, this is what they say. This is important. The will of the Lord be done. What did Jesus say before he went to the cross in the Garden of Gethsemane? Luke chapter 22, verse 42. Father, if it is your will, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Paul was a man of the spirit. He didn't care. Take me. Crucify me. Behead me. Who cares? I'll be in heaven. You're doing me a favor, man. But I'm here. As long as I'm here, I'm, I'm living for Jesus. I, I encourage you to, to seek the Lord in some kind of ministry. Share. Share the gospel. Just win it. You don't need a Bible degree or theology. All you need to know is what God has done in your life. And you can be so effective. You know, you don't need a title. You don't need to be called to be a deacon, elder, or whatever, or an evangelist. Just share the gospel. You don't need to be called with that. That's the responsibility of everyone who accepted Jesus Christ, Lord, and Lord, Savior, is to share what Christ has done for you. We're sure today's message has been a blessing to you. Maybe you'd like to get a copy. Perhaps a family member or a friend or even a neighbor came to mind while you were listening today. We'd love to help you share God's Word. Here's Tracy with all the information you need. Life these days moves fast. 
from one appointment to the next, most of us race through our days with blinding speed. Those in-between moments are great opportunities to connect with God by hearing from Him. To hear more encouraging words from God's Word through the ministry of Pastor Eddie, go to runningtheraceradio.com and then click on the radio page. There you'll find today's message and many more. Thanks, Tracy. Again, to secure your own copy of today's message, simply log on to runningtheraceradio.com. You can also give us a call if you'd like. That number to call is 570-296-7367. Another option to get in touch with us is to send us an email. Our email address is info at runningtheraceradio.com. Once again, you've been listening to Running the Race with Pastor Eddie Pinero of Calvary Chapel in Milford, Pennsylvania. In the next edition of Running the Race, Eddie will continue teaching through the book of Acts. So please make plans to join us. On behalf of Pastor Eddie and everyone here with Running the Race, we'd like to thank you for listening today. Join us again for another edition of Running the Race. Running the Race.